Welcome to today's episode of Project Redemption, real life stories, redeemed, restored, retold. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and thanks for hanging out with us today. All right, well, today we are going to meet Redemption Press author, Vicki Waddell. And before I give her a just very brief introduction because her bio is in the show notes below, I just want to tell you all a few fun things about her. She loves baking. I love this part. She didn't start writing until she was 52. I love it when God does that after a lifetime of experience that he uh, allows us to begin to write about that and all that he has done in our lives. And I love that she and her husband love to watch Leave It to Beaver and Andy Griffith because of such great, they're such great examples of loving family that is willing to admit when they make a mistake, which is so unique. Uh, in all the examples that we have. So welcome to the podcast, Vicki. It's great to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you bet. You bet. So I am just intrigued by your story and would love to just have you share with us your redemption story, how God got a hold of your life because it's a very unique story and I resonate with it just because of my own background. So I'm just going to give you the digital stage and ask you to share how God got a hold of your life uh, and when that was, because I know it was quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It was. It was 38 years ago. Um, I was 20 years old. I had been going to church with my husband-to-be um, for about three years. Um, heard the gospel every week, but didn't hear it. Let me back up. It was spoken every week that we went to church, but I, I uh, didn't hear it. But we were actually meeting with a person that was going to be marrying us and just telling us kind of what marriage is like and getting asking us questions. And one question he asked was, you know, where am I going to go when I die? And I heard hell a place I'd never believed was real. All of a sudden, it was bizarre because I had heard someone say that if I believed what I believed before, which was not that Jesus died for my sins, that I would go to hell if I didn't believe that. And I was about in sixth grade when I heard that the first time. The second time I heard it, I was 20. When I heard it at sixth grade, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to process it. It just kind of hung in the air. But at 20, oh my word, all of a sudden God opened my heart. Hell is real. I deserve that. God is a God I do not know. And, but he tells me that there is a way to not go to hell for my sins. And his name is Jesus. And I prayed that night. And I, you know, some people come and they come to faith and they understand that they were, um, they need a savior. I was full of pride. I didn't understand the sin that would have got me in it to hell. But what I understood was God knew, and that's all that mattered. And so when I um, prayed, I didn't know if he knew for sure 
that I was really sincere. So over the next few weeks, I prayed several times. God, I really, really mean it, which just goes to show how little I knew of the true God. And then I remember there was a day when I said, you know what, God, I'm done. I'm done doubting you. You say that I am your child if I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe. So I'm done questioning. I'm taking you at your word. And I'm just, I'm done with this prayer. Well, that, I, like I said, I knew very little about God. But I just, I'm so grateful that he gave me that moment to just be done with the doubt. Mm. And I'm, I have kind of a childlike faith. I hear it. I believe it. I hear it. I believe it. And I'm not one of those people where, okay, I need to see it. I need to like get my mind around it. I just trust it. Mm. Now, sometimes that's not so helpful <laughs> right? because right. I, I trust something that I really don't understand all the ins and outs. And then once I understand more ins and outs, I'm like, oh, wow. But it was just sweet. God just over the period of um, decades began to show me more of himself and show me who he is and how incredibly holy and awesome and gracious he is. It took trials, though for me to learn my sin, to be prepared to look at my sin the way that I needed to see it. Um, Instead of just lumping it all together. Okay. I was selfish. I was this, I needed to really kind of see how that was playing out. What I was really, what were my motives behind it? And so anyway, um, just through the years, he just taught me more and more of himself. And so that's what I just, even like today, I did something and I'm like, wow, the consequences I deserve, you know, just not paying attention while I was driving. Um, and he doesn't do the full extent that I deserve. And it just blows my mind, the God that has created us and the God who loves us and wants us to be his own through faith in Jesus alone. Mm, amen. And it's so when we think we have we've got it all together and we are that pride just reigns in our hearts and our minds. And we're just, Oh, we're, Hey, I know the truth. Wow. What do I need a crutch like Jesus for, or whatever we have as our, um, just the lies that are rolling around in our head when we're deceived, we don't know any better, but our pride thinks we have the truth and we don't. And then for just the, just the graciousness of God to make himself real to you in a way that just prompted your immediate response that, ooh, I see who I am and I don't deserve, I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve to be loved by a God who gave his only son. Right, right. But he, I mean, no one comes to the Father except That's those true, that are yeah. drawn by him. Mm-hmm. He was drawing you yeah. out of a lie, out of false religion, and into the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what I, I, it makes, it's made, given me a hunger for truth mm-hmm. because um, I have, in, in small lies and large lies, I have lived by lies. And when I live by lies, they may feel like I'm right and I'm doing what I think I want to do. 
but I always am more miserable. And what I've found is when I'm walking in truth, even if it's truth I don't want to hear, it is the sweetest place to be because I know God's got me. Yep. He's the one pouring the truth into me. So if I will just walk in the truth, just trust him and just step Mm -hmm. into the truth with him, he will be everything he claims to be. So, yeah. So good. Okay. So I would love for our listeners to hear from you kind of an example of of how God has brought restoration within a circumstance that maybe Mm -hmm. since you became a believer and, you know, we all go through hard times and trials and tribulations, all the things, and God never wastes our pain. He always wants to bring good out of what we view as something we'd rather avoid. So I would just love to hear how God has worked in your life, restoring Mm -hmm. when something just, you couldn't imagine how he could bring good out of it. Yeah. I I will say the, probably the, um, I think the biggest redemption story I have is when he, after becoming a believer was raising children. I was raised them in such fear of thinking I was going to mess it up. I thought there was a formula. I thought there was, my friend calls it a recipe. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I thought, you know? And as things weren't being successful, as, as people are getting frustrated, myself or my children, I just was like, you know what? I don't have the right formula. And so what I, what I think is so sweet is that knowing how I raised our girls, I mean, I loved them well. I have twins that are now 31 and knowing that I, I, parented them with a lot of love and affection, a lot of devotion, but I also parented them with fear and with trying to control what I can't, not knowing what I can't control. And so, um, rightly so, I was really kind of feeding a rebellious mind. Um, And when it went full blown and I lost relationship with my daughters, um, they were 18 and I didn't have relationship with one of them. I still don't with, with one. One, though, um, after five years of being separated, um, God brought us back together. He had done such changes in both of us. He had healed us in so many ways and just given us just a hunger for truth, to walk in truth. And so when we got back together, it was just so sweet. He kind of had us at the same place where we were both wanting to apologize and the other one didn't really need to hear it. They were so sorry for what they had done. Just this true heart of repentance. We just were one heart. And that's with my Hannah. And we pray for that for our Emma, you know, and, but with Hannah, just the sweet thing in the redemptive way is that now she's married. She's got a stepdaughter and she's like, Oh mama, I get how hard parenting is. You know, nobody tells you how very, very difficult it is. I mean, some people, they have like a child that's real teachable, but then they have one that's not, you know, so they just see it's just wonky. And so anyway, that's been just so redemptive to hear her really gratefully. I'm so grateful. She's learned from my mistakes. She's Mm -hmm. learning what doesn't work. And to me, it's so worth watching your own child not do what you did and see the futility of it, you know? Um, And she's still, I mean, she's still, you know, it's still hard, you know, but it's just, that's been precious 
you know, and I understand why God says in scripture and your children and their children's children, you know, will be affected. It's like, because we model behavior and it's, and it's like, it's picked up. And so that's been really sweet to have the kind of conversations that she and I have, we can discuss it and she can go, okay, this is not working. I said, I know, I know, been there, you know, this is what I learned, you know? And so that's just been really sweet to just, you know, pray for and to know I can't fix it either. I can pray, you know, but you can both press into God together. Yes. Yes. Answers that you maybe aren't finding. Absolutely. I I love that you were, alienated. I mean, parental alienation is a thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to have that time where, you know, you didn't have relationship and then how God made, just brought good out of that in such a sweet way. And yeah, you're still waiting for the restoration with, is it Emma? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yes. Well, God can do it. He he has no limits. Absolutely. Oh man. I love that. And it's just, you know, to, I think when we get to a place as adults where we look at our parents and, you know, we may have all sorts of, you know, trauma and upset and bitterness or whatever we have with how, um, our family of origin was, Mm -hmm. um, we come, when we come to a point and realize they did the best they could do with what they had, you know, like Mm -hmm. let's try and love each other wherever we're at. Right. Right. And and that is exactly what's really helped me with my own mom. My dad's passed. um, And so I just have my mom now and it's been sweet to be able to just so deeply appreciate her and to see what she did do that made me feel loved. You know, that's been just, it's been precious you know, and get to love on her. Cause you know, as your parents are, she's 83, you know, I'm nearly 60. And so it's, it's fun to, to be able to love on her because she needs more care now in yeah. a way that I did as a kid, you know? So we're just kind of switched roles a little switch bit. Roles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to shift into third gear here and yes. talk just a little bit about your new yes. book. Mm-hmm. Being the boss, um, I would just love to have you share uh, with our listeners um, just the story behind how you even came up with the idea, mm-hmm. what you what you wanted to accomplish when people read this to their kids. Mm-hmm. Just tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Well, you know, uh, like most books, it, it started with lots of ideas, you know, and it just kind of morphed and it went from kind of a, are you my boss? question, you know, to all these different people in my head to kind of like, are you my mother? You know, that song or that uh, book from Dr. Seuss. And then it morphed into just like, okay, what would it be like for a kid to actually see what it's like to be a boss? And because as children, they get so tired of being told what to do all the time. But if you, and as a kid, I didn't understand the love behind the instructions and the love behind the directions and, and, and correction. I mean, it's all, out of love and safety. And so I wanted um, both kids and parents to just be able to open a book and just, what if we not switch places, but the kid got to be the one in charge of their life. What would that be like? So my hope is that, you know, parents and kids both will walk away with gratitude for each other 
especially the kids for all the things that the parents do. Um, but that also that they will learn that their parents have a lot kind of on their plate and that a lot happens when they're in bed or they're playing. And so just that um, kind of an attitude of cooperation to understand they are going to get a time to be the boss. But until then, um, they've got lots to learn. You know, I wanted the um, kids to get a perspective of what it's like to be an adult um, and learning that every boss, every person, even bosses have bosses. And when they understand that they too have to do as they're told that they don't necessarily like to do, because as the, in the book, the, the child is going to a post office. So she's realizing, okay, they have rules too, you know, that they have to follow and that there's a reasoning behind that. And I'm hoping that this will help kids to have a kind of an empathy for their parents, that they are doing a lot of stuff that they're not realizing that they're doing stuff that they necessarily don't want to do. Um, and that I'm hoping with that, that they will have kind of a, a gratitude of all that the parents do when they're sleeping. I have, you know, that talk about that, you know, when they go to, when the children go to bed, the parents' days aren't done or the caregiver's day is just begun is actually what I say. And so just for them to realize a lot happens when they're playing or when they're, um, when they're sleeping. Um, and I just, I kind of just wanted also them to kind of understand that there's just such reasoning behind the, the do's and don'ts, you know, and I wanted to tell so much about Jesus being the best boss, being the, the boss over all bosses. But I, there's so much you want to, I wanted to put in and it's just too much for a children's book. So I just, I kept it very simple um, where who's the best boss, Jesus, you know, he never sleeps or rests. And I just, I love the illustrator. I mean, he just, he made me laugh so many times. Yes. <laughs> and oh, it was good. like, it was like he was in my head because I was, I would give him notes kind of, this is what I'd like to see. But then when he would do it, oh my word, he'd do it just like spot on. And then he'd think of things I'd never thought of. And he has this adorable dog and a mouse. The mouse, I think is my favorite character um, on every page. So yeah. I just thought that was so, so fun just a great idea. Yeah. And what's great is when we can, as parents, read to our kids and have it lead to conversations mm -hmm. about, well, so sometimes you probably aren't very thankful for me when I tell you, you have to do your chores or you have mm -hmm. to do this or you have to do that. But what did, what did you see happening in, on this page, you know, mm -hmm. and to right. have that back and forth conversation with our kids to exactly. give them a different perspective. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Vicki, if we have people that are hearing or watching and they would like to connect with you online or on social mm -hmm. media, where's the best place for them to do that? Really the best place to connect with me. I mean, they can go on Facebook, my name, Vicki J. Waddell, and they can go on Instagram, Vicki J. Waddell. But I um, started an email that is actually the title of my first book. It's a devotional, The Messy Narrow Road. So The Messy Narrow Road at gmail.com if they want to reach out to me and just say anything Perfect. that would be the best way all right well thank you so much for being with us today it was just delightful to hear how god has worked in your life and redeemed and restored and just all the things it has uh just been um just to see the ministry that he has given you now to work with those that are struggling and need encouragement and need some 
wisdom from, you know, when we go through things and we learn from it, we're able to pour out to others. And I love how you're doing that. Thank you so much for being with us again today. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Project Redemption podcast, where we hear real life stories, redeemed, restored, retold, brought to you by Redemption Press and Romans 828 Books and Gifts. We'd love to have you review and follow this podcast, share it with friends and family, and help us get the word out on your preferred digital platform. So again, thanks for joining me today, and I'll look forward to being with you again next week for another episode of Project Redemption, Real Life Stories, Redeemed, Restored, Retold.